accomplish what you desire and achieve the purpose for which you sent them. Amen. This could be a sermon about the cost of discipleship, about miracles, about obedience, about the call, but it is not. Oh, but you would say when you read the title, Catching People, it has to be about evangelism. But it is not. The phrase that Jesus uses, from now on you will be catching people, has lost some of its original meaning in the translation from Greek to English. What Jesus is saying to Simon Peter is he will be taking or saving men and women alive. I thought it might be a little much if you walked in this morning and you read in your bulletin that the title of the sermon is Taking Men and Women Alive. So the title is Catching People. But based on all of this, our question today is not one of the following. What have you given up to be a disciple of Jesus? Do you believe in miracles? Have you been obedient to God? What is God's call on your life? Are you making disciples? And those are all really good questions I think we should ask ourselves now and then. But this morning, I think the question is, Have you been taken alive by Jesus? Let's look at how he does that on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, the lake called Gennesaret. So many people have heard about him and witnessed what he's done that they're pushing him to the shoreline. He's removed an unclean demon from a man. He's healed Simon Peter's mother-in-law, and he is preaching and teaching with authority. He has nowhere to go, so he gets in Simon's boat and has Simon push it just a little bit offshore. Do you notice that Luke doesn't even tell us what Jesus is teaching? He only tells us that when he finishes, Jesus directs Simon to go into deeper water and put out his nets to fish. Now, Simon is tired. He's been at this all night long. And it's not the ships that we have now that do fishing with the big nets off the crane that you lower down with an engine, and then when you pull up the shrimp or the fish, that the crane pulls it back up. They're doing all of this with their own arms throwing them out, casting them way out, because the further out you go, the bigger the catch. And then they're pulling them in. And they've been doing all of this effort for nothing. But he does it. He puts out those nets with those shaking arms. And he catches fish. A lot of them. And Simon realizes what's happened, and he repents. 
And you know what Jesus says? When we tell Jesus all the wrong that we've done, Jesus says, do not be afraid. And the three men left everything and followed him. Has Jesus caught you? Has Jesus taken you alive? We are not fish out of water, caught and hooked and placed in a small container filled with water and gutted and then fried and grilled or baked. We have no reason to be afraid of being taken alive. We're not here because of a hook that we could not dislodge. We are taken alive to share in a journey with a God who created us, sacrificed for us, and sustains us. I'd like to share just a little bit, a little piece of how Jesus has taken me alive. Today, I got to baptize James Albert Adair. His parents are Corey and Jennifer, and they're members here. Her mother's parents are David and Diane Grimms. They're also members here. And his great-grandfather is Gordon Blackwell, also a member here. I met Gordon Blackwell 12 years ago when he asked me to preach at a Vespers service at Westminster Village. If you don't know Westminster Village, it's a retirement resort. I call it resort because um, when Tom and I went there that first Sunday evening after the service, we had dinner with Gordon and Ernestine Menard. Gordon was here at Dolphin Way, and Ernestine was attending Spanish Fort, where I was appointed. We had a great evening, a wonderful meal served in this great dining room. Food was cooked just the way you wanted it. And then they took us on this tour and showed us around, and people were friendly and kind and The rooms were beautiful, and Tom and I were sold. When could we move in? Well, it turns out we were at the right enough age at that time, but we still had a child at home. And there's a rule. If you have a dependent child, you may not live at Westminster Village. Tom and I went home in the car counting. How many years do we have before we can go to Westminster Village? I continued to preach once a year at those Vespers service because Gordon Blackwell would find preachers and when he got to the bottom of the barrel, he'd call me and say, I need you to come again. In 2013, I was appointed to Atmore. And in 2016, I officiated Ernestine Menard's celebration of life service in Atmore. I discovered when I got to Atmore and I was flipping through that membership book with all the pictures that Ernestine Menard was a member of First United Methodist Church Atmore, not Spanish Fort. So I went back and claimed her again. We continued our visits that started on that afternoon in 2007. And at her celebration service, I recounted the conversation with Gordon 
that happened almost a decade earlier. Gordon was telling me about Ernestine. He said, she's from Atmore. I said, where's Atmore? Gordon says, north of here. She and her husband owned a radio station. Me, me and me, I thought, how cool is that? Gordon, she never has a hair out of place and is immaculately dressed. Me, being insecure like I am, oh my goodness, I should have dressed better. Gordon, oh, don't worry. You are going to love her. Tom and I always enjoyed connecting with Gordon and whoever he decided to bring to dinner. We met so many people, fell in love with this generation that taught us how to grow old well. The last time that I went, after I became your district superintendent, at my request, Gordon invited the former mayor of Atmore and his wife, who had recently moved to Westminster Village to have dinner with us after the Vesper service. So many intertwined relationships is a very good reason to never be afraid of a journey involving God's love. This morning, I got to baptize Gordon's great-grandson. Jesus caught me with his words. When I wanted to know more about this thing called the Bible and be able to teach a Sunday school class better, I went to seminary to learn more. Jesus has provided relationships with people, people who also want to hear Jesus' words. I know that I am a sinful person, and I repent daily. I have not been caught to wither and die for lack of oxygen, lack of adventure, lack of excitement. I am not flailing around on the ground with a hook in my mouth. Because we are taken alive we have the opportunity to live life abundantly. I value all the people around me, the history that I have with them, the present with them, and then also the hope of a future that we will have together as we study God's word and worship God together. And my prayer today is that James Albert Adair, baptized in the family of God called Dolphin Way United Methodist Church, will have a similar journey. That he will hear God's word and he will respond. That he will be surrounded by people who will love him and care for him. And I'm talking not about just the people on these pews here. I'm talking about all of us in the pews here today and those who can't be here today and miss this great baptism. Let them not miss any of his journey. 
I pray that he will repent when he has sinned and that he will know abundant life, life everlasting. I pray that he will be taken alive. Have you let Jesus take you alive? Have you? Do not be afraid. I invite you to join us now in our hymn of invitation. It is um, a hymn.